I'm Murphy, John Murphy. And I'm Humes, Christian Humes. And you're listening to Watch World. Thank you, everybody. Welcome to Watch World. Uh, we are continuing our Bond experience because we are getting on our DIY uh, ski doos and we are traveling to Atlantis to because we watched The Spy Who Loved Me. This movie was fantastic. I see why this is the tag that Austin Powers went with. And I see why, like, it's just, this is like such an influence on everything that comes after it in so many ways. Yes. This is yes. now my number one oh, really? retro Bond movie that I want remade over Moonraker. Oh, yeah. I think, I think definitely. Because the, the, it is Moonraker is a remake of this, yeah, almost identically in so many ways. It's a perfect formula, though. Just yeah, no, no, it. it's really well, and it's actually really interesting because the title is from a short story that Fleming wrote in between, like doing Thunderball, and then the next book he wrote on Her Majesty's Secret Service, and like the the short story has nothing to do with this. It's just like a woman. It's from the perspective of a woman that falls in love with James Bond when he's in like Vermont or something. It like <laughs> makes no like it's nothing, and so. They and actually Fleming, I think, didn't even sell the rights to the story to the producers. Like he only just allowed them to like he was only like, oh, you can have the title. But like, I'm not like I hate this story. So he's like, I'm not going <laughs> to I didn't want to sell it. What, what did he think about the movie then? Well, he died before. This is, like he's been de oh. like, dead for like 12 years since. Got it. Got know, it. At this point. Um, so but yeah, so it's funny because I think at this point, too, the franchise was kind of coming off. Probably it's it's lowest point with um the man with the golden gun which mm -hmm. isn't necessarily a bad movie it's just very much like when you want when we watch it you'll be like whoa this is like way different it's very and that's more like live and let die where they tried these very experimental bond and almost other movies type of thing sure and and that was also i think commercially was the worst they'd done and um Ooh. it also signified the breakup between uh cubby broccoli and harry saltzman like the the two longtime producers of all the of going up to that point um essentially saltzman like bankrupted himself by spending on like random shit and like basically had no money and so he had to sell his rights to the, the franchise so this was like kind of the mark start of a reboot for I everything see. and so they were like well we need to hit it big we need to kind of get back to what made the franchise really good and so they obviously looked back to the connery era particularly you only live twice and you know, and I think they really, really tried to do this big boot, and I think it was super successful. And it was super su successful as far as critically and financially. This was a crazy, like, big movie. Summer of 77, it came out, I think, like, a few weeks after Star Wars. It was, like, the second kind of big movie wow. that came out that year. So, which is kind of funny, because actually watching it with that perspective, there is so many similarities to Star Wars in this movie, just from a visual language standpoint. Yeah. Like, the desert... uh Stromberg's lair is like that hallway where like he confronts Jaws at the end. Yeah, looks like the 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 hallway where Princess Leia is being kept prisoner. I... Yeah, everything about this movie I actually felt like as dated as it is, it uh, holds up so well. Like the cinematography was great. The lighting is like incredible, and the sets are like actually really really well done. I feel like you could make a modern cut of this where there's just so there's so many shots that just go on like a second too long or two or three seconds too long. Like, I feel like you could make a modern cut of this that pulls out like 25 minutes of just almost like dead space. And that this movie would be. Oh, yeah. Sweet. 
and I think that I think the weakest part of this or of the movie, and then we've talked about this in other uh, previous Roger Moore movies, is this is the, the also where they really went hard into the disco era. Mm. And I think that's the weakest part of the movie. If yeah. you replace this with John Barry's score again, like go back yeah. to the classic, I think it would be even better. Um, not like I would say Marvin Hamlish, who did the composing, the composer on this, and he also wrote the theme song like that for that like Carly Simon did. Like, I think he does a really well job. It's just it totally embraces the the decade it's in and it doesn't that doesn't age well at all. Yeah, <laughs> especially in the beginning, which I guess we can jump into it, but. When James is skiing, and this is like what now the third movie in a row where James is skiing. I love it. Give me James Bond skiing at least once every generation. I want to see every Bond ski once, at least. Yeah, it's has Craig has skied, right? Has Craig skied yet? If he hasn't, he better. Maybe when we get to Spectre, I think maybe because there's snow in that one. Maybe he's yeah. skis a little bit. Because I'm trying to picture him in any sort of cold environment, and I can't. I think only Spectre, the, the most recent one, is the one where yeah. there's snow at least at some point. But um, yeah, you know, you gotta go. It's part. It's a stable. You gotta you gotta ski. Yeah. Um, you know, and this one is no different. Um, but uh, I yeah. So I think it sets up. This movie sets up a lot of things up in the front. Uh, I love this opening with the submarines uh, getting taken. Um, you introduce the Russian side, which is cool. Um, oh yeah, Agent Triple X, so cool. <laughs> The name's a little weird, but it's uh, great. Uh, this is the introduction also of General Gogol, who we've seen in For Your Eyes Only and a couple other things. Um, he's like the Russian version of M. Um, yeah. I love that they, his assistant, did you catch her name? No, it, what was it? Rubelvich. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. That's good. Yeah, I so. thought this was like. You know, Money Penny's always sort of been a love interest for Bond. I was looking at her and I'm like, what happened? What happened to Money Penny in this movie? Uh, she gets kind of pushed away a little bit in this. But she also just looks kind of old. She doesn't look like a Bond love interest. She was like, Lois Maxwell always kind of had a classic look to her, anyways. And like, yeah, almost like a motherly look. I mean, I guess Roger Moore is always kind of old anyway. Yeah. So that's why I thought they kind of fit pretty well um, together. But, um, you know, I think. I, I never got the sense that it's all not until later when they make Money Penny younger and like I think a little more like they sex her up a bit. Yeah. And but the Lois Maxwell version is always kind of more of this like motherly secretarial. It's just figure. like when I see her, I'm like, oh well that's that's M. And then <laughs> this guy's <is> Q. <laughs> You're like, oh okay. Yeah. <laughs> um I did like the reveal though when they, they hint at they you think triple X is the guy. Who, oh yeah. Who, according, actually, I think the actor that plays him was going to be James Bond. Like, was going to play James Bond. Interesting, because in the first shot, I'm just like, is that Roger Moore? Like, who is this guy? Kind of, it looks like off-brand Roger Moore. Like, did he look weird or something? Did he get work done? Like, what's happening? No, yeah. So, I think he's an American actor, too, which is interesting. But, um, so, yeah, then he's with, I forget her last name, but I'm just going to call her Anya, because that's her name, or Triple X, played by Barbara Bach, Ringo Starr's wife, you know. Who's, I think no, I did a, not know. Yeah, that's that's I learned that. Not Good that for Ringo, ago, but yeah, Ringo man, he's killing it. Yeah, really. Post Beatles, he he killed it. Powerpuff um, Girls. <laughs> um, yeah, I I I like I like Triple X as the Bond girl. Mm-hmm. I think she does pretty well for the most part. Um, yeah, I think everything about her works really well. Um, but let's talk about. 
the bond escaping and the ski jump. I mean, he was cool. That was great. Right? I think I think the stunt is really a cool. I think the stunt yeah. is awesome. I love it. Just like that was like out. a real thing that someone did. Yeah. I'm assuming, right? Yeah. Like they, they didn't just, fake that. Yeah, just like guy goes like, I'm gonna just ski off this cliff and then get yeah. the. Of course, base jump with the skis. Base jump with skis. Let them go. He has to like twirl around for a bit and then release. Yeah, the he's got to get away from the skis. <laughs> yeah, so they don't puncture his. Yeah, parachute. I was watching this and I'm like, this guy might have died. Like this was a risky move here. Yeah, I mean that's back in the day when they like, were like, you got to do it, and if you die, ugh, you know. I also like that there's just somewhere on the ground, just a bunch of skis and like poles just came flying down from the sky. <laughs> yeah, like crew members are having to run away to like ah. Um, though it doesn't make sense. Like, why would Bond be carrying a f- the flag of his country? I don't know. <laughs> you think like if he got cool. caught, you would want to be like, oh, we disown this person. This agent like he doesn't work for us you know it's like well he has a giant union jack parachute he should have had an american flag throw him off yeah that's 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 what he should have done which is great um but then it's great and then what do you think of nobody does it better the song um it was fine it just felt like a classic bond song it's way different than anything in i think you've seen because it's, it's sort of like a saloon like kind of love ballad but I think it works really well as far as like it's so different that but it's also such a good song in itself. Yeah. That compared to a lot of other the of the slower lovey songs that like come out in this sure. era, like it stands out incredibly. Yeah, well. I guess if you're comparing him to this era, I'm just thinking like as a whole, I don't know if it sticks out. But that's maybe because I didn't think it was great or bad. No, like it just yeah. felt kind of like it was there. It didn't offend me. I didn't think it was bad, but it didn't blow me away. Like, it wasn't like, oh, this is a top Bond song. No, it is, I think to me it is top five. Interesting. Just in, in, in terms of, like, in in all of the songs, I think, just putting them together, I think it is up there. Just because I feel like it is such a, a great song by itself. And also, I think, just shows a different side of the franchise as well. Um, yeah. And the visually, with the, with the credits, you just have people on trampolines. and Well... <laughs> And so, and the lighting shows a lot of skin. I'll just say that. Yeah, uh, there's there's a lot of skin in it at the end of this movie too. Oh yeah, well, uh, <laughs> unnecessarily so. But, yeah, um, yeah. So then uh, we get more. Basically, the everything's kind of set up that a Russian submarine and a British submarine have been taken. Uh, we get Bond. Ra- you know, rarely not. I wish they did this more. I love when Bond has to dress up in his actual military uniform because he is a naval commander. He is. Yeah, so he's a, he's an admiral. Why not an admiral? He, but he's a, he's actually he's he's in the, he's in the British Navy. That's actually his post. So whenever he goes onto a military base, he has to dress up as in his formal like. So is MI six uh, a part of the military? Yeah, but but it's part of the navy. Well, it's a, it's own thing now, but then it's essentially his division, like where he's pulled from. So essentially, uh-huh. he comes from the Navy, but he works for MI6. Like he essentially is on loan from the uh, from the British Navy. As, Has that as always been agent. in all the movies, or is this the only time where they're really? It's technically it's just something from the book. I that, say like it's a formality of. I must have forgot this because I did read this first few books. Yeah, it, they don't talk about it too much. Yeah, but it's just one of those things where theoretically, whenever he sp- he steps onto a military base, he's supposed to be in his military uniform. I say. And since I kinda, he's in the Navy, he's 
I guess I like it, but at the same time, I kind of liked it better when he's more of this, like, anomaly of this, like, spy system that has been built. See, I'm the opposite. I like when he, it's, they embrace the Britishness of it all. Of Yeah. Like... <laughs> that works to an extent, like, in this movie, but nowadays when he's, like, this ultra spy, like, it's easier to buy into that he's, like, unique if he didn't have the same training that everyone else had. Yeah, I guess so. I, you know do, what I, mean? I, I mean, I would love to see Daniel. It's Craig. like he's almost like a man without a name when he's like a product of MI6 as opposed to like a product of the military. Yeah, I think I think to keep it out of the Mission Impossible and Jason Bourne worlds, which that is more so. Yeah, that and they embrace that. I like the fact that like he is this figure within British Secret Service. Sure, that actually is well known. And then also, like, in, does, you know, outside of the country, maybe isn't as well known or uses that to his advantage in some ways. I just, I just want to see Craig in a nice naval uniform. Sure. Yeah. Which, I mean, it looked great. It looked great. But he's never going to do it because he's always outside the system. He's always, yeah. like, breaking the rules. Um, so I personally feel like what we want to do, because this movie has a lot to talk about, is we, we should try to just hit the key points until we get to the barge. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. once you get there, it's like, that was almost like a movie length. Like, this was a long movie. Yeah, no, I, I just wanted to kind of, that, I mostly just wanted to spend most of our episode talking about his outfits. But, <laughs> um, no, but yeah, we could just say like, yeah, so British submarines are missing. Nuclear submarines are missing. There's a, they, they, M got a microfilm. Um, mm -hmm. And it shows that actually there isn't someone that knows the uh, trajectory of these submarines. So they're, that's how they're able to capture them. And so they have to figure out what who it is. So they set up both the the Russians and the British are sending their special agents to figure out what this is. Um, and that first and that brings them to Egypt. Uh, I love I I love all this stuff in Egypt. Well, by the time they go to Egypt, though, we already we now we've skipped though the introduction of the villain. God, fine, we can we can talk about strong because that is. I mean, if we're going to talk about his outfit, we got to talk about one of the best sets. That's true. And like props and villains of the entire franchise. Yeah, that's true. Okay, yeah, yeah. We, that the, I loved everything about this Stromberg introduction. It's great. I also like that he doesn't. He's not a charismatic guy. He's not a good-looking guy. Like he looks like what someone that like was born into money and he power like would fish. look like. Yeah, he just look. You know, he he's like uh, he's basically like someone someone that would be in like the Trump administration. Like you know, like he he you is could like just slot um, him into that like cabinet. a Wilbur Ross slash like kind of dude where it's just like this really really old rich guy yeah. who, and I think it's them. I think at this point because maybe I don't know exactly they they were gonna go with a Blofeld. Maybe they were trying to reduce Blofeld, but then they ultimately like couldn't do it because of rights issues. Sure. And then they were like, well, we'll just do someone that's like Blofeld and kind of dresses like him. Yeah. And sits behind a computer and is able to like press buttons and control these things. But, but I like how Stromberg is very much present in the movie, but he isn't actually in it that much, which is good. I think they focus it on Jaws yeah. as kind of being the primary antagonist. Well, and that part. other guy who goes down pretty quick. But yeah, the guy looks like Mel Blanc, like the Looney Tunes <laughs> voiceover guy. Yeah, like him. Um, I thought it kind of looked like, um, oh man, who's the guy that plays the... the Michael Chiklis? No, the man in black, he does kind of look like Michael Chiklis. He's the guy that uh, plays the man in black in the original Westworld movie. Oh, Yul Brenner. He looks like a fat Yul Brenner. Yeah, okay, I can see it. <laughs> I can see it. Um, 
they just but have yeah, that strained face. Yeah. I love how um, Stromberg, he, well, he kills his secretary by feeding her to sharks. Amazing. Yeah. Such while, a reveal. While Mozart is playing in the background. It was so good. And then I love how it's like the, the, the two scientists are like, okay, we got away. And then yeah. they clearly show that one shot of them like shaking hands in the helicopter. Uh-huh. They're like, yeah, we did it. And then he blows up the helicopter. <laughs> Which then I'm just like, why, why did he let them out? Yeah. Why waste a helicopter? Yeah. I don't get I it. I guess for the deniability of you could say, oh, there was an accident with the helicopter. Sure. And like, that's why they're dead. And so no one will like think otherwise. Sure. Looking for them. I guess maybe that's the, that's the excuse. But um, yeah, uh, Jaws. I love this version of Jaws very much so more so than uh, Moonraker version. I just want to say. I just felt like in some ways he seemed less threatening. Like the way he would attack people seemed kind of cheesy. Partially because the movie felt less campy than Moonraker. So in Moonraker, I felt like he fit in more. Yeah, Um, this one definitely, I think they do actually a really good job of balancing camp and uh, like stakes. Big time. Big time. and, And with Jaws, I think it's particularly well known in the sense that he is this kind of bit of threatening being that can almost like kill anybody and it does a really good a job of doing so. But then like, you know, they'll occasionally give him some camp to work with. Whereas I feel like Moonraker, it was constantly, he, he arrives, tries to do something and immediately is foiled by something goofy. Yeah. And it's, they like totally undercut him. Whereas this one, at least maybe it's because it's the first one. And like, he's just more threatening um like like you i think you said he like he's like a vampire yeah that's what i thought was weird was like i'm gonna bite you i'm like dude you're huge why don't you just smack their head against the wall like yeah and i think they could have done maybe a little more stylized approach with shadows almost of you see him biting somebody with not like holding on for so long of like him slowly rising down on their neck. It felt like it needed like some more screaming, some sound effects. It didn't necessarily need blood, but the weird thing to me about it was how slow he would go to try to bite them. I'm like, why are you giving them an opportunity to get away? Yeah, it's, he he does take his time for some weird reason because he's clearly (laughs) stronger than everybody. It's not like they're like, are they just like, pretty strong too you know yeah because there's later on the train where like bond grabs the lamp thing and it's like he's doing and it's like the reverse he's like slowly bringing it to his teeth and jaws is like not moving away and it's like yeah i don't know if it's like a special effects or like an editing thing back then just like everyone did everything is just slower yeah it's interesting yeah like i think but like bond movies previously like have done like fast cutting and like fast movement like the the train car fight between him and Red Grant in Four Your Eyes Only like is actually cut pretty yeah. quickly. Yeah. So it's like there is not maybe it's just I think they wanted to go with a more stylized like slow approach like it's a a Dracula's monster type of thing. Yeah, and I think Which, I think it was just on purpose. It's so, fine, anyway. you know that's fine. But every, everything else about Jaws I liked. That was just that one like thing. I was like this is weird. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. I mean um, when he bites through the chain in the fence, that was amazing. Yeah, like so Egypt here, I think Bond has the incredible power of he meets this woman who's basically like going to ambush him with the with the, you know, the shorter, balder guy. Yeah. And like within a second, she like gets her convinces her to turn. Yeah. Bond loves right place, right time. He's very good at right place, right time. (laughs) I just like found like she was like, okay, I'm going to go in with this plan. I'm going to distract him. And then she's like, oh, wait, I'm in love with him. No, don't kill him. And then turns, but um, 
fun, you know. Uh, I don't think I feel like this is a lot of place for Roger Moore movies, but when he kills this guy, the short stumpy guy, when he's like, "Where's Feckish?" He's like, "Pyramids," and then he like whips his tie back, and the guy. Yeah. Falls. I'm like, that's a pretty brutal way to kill somebody. Big tie. There was yeah. also like a dude like looking out from his like deck watching <laughs> yeah, the fight. Yeah. I bet like filming here in Cairo, they were probably like had so many crowds of people watching yeah. this stuff. It was cool as hell, though. Like, that that fight team was good. I really liked the back and forth. I wanted Seems some like music, Bond though. Seems like could have lost. Oh, I, yeah. It was a little too quiet. It was just a lot of, like, slapping. That's why I feel like you could re-edit this movie. You could take this movie, put in some better music, add music to places, add some sound effects, shorten some things up, and this would be a nice, tight, great, solid film. Yeah. Um, I love the pyramids, like, show that he goes oh, to watch. Oh, dude. I think that still. Yeah. I think that still happens. Like, there's still something like that. There probably is. the you know. The way it's like lit and everything, and like the flashes to the light, and then like it makes a scene incredible. Oh yeah. Like later on, when after, uh, like I think it's feckish that like, he gets bitten and like Jaws leaves him, and then Bond finds him, and then runs into Anya outside. Just the way that whole, that that whole scene is lit between them, and like. It just looks incredible, I think, with amongst like the stone and the ruins, and it just looks great. And uh, I feel like that's something you wouldn't see in nowadays. I think insurance would not allow movies to film anywhere close to stuff like this. <laughs> yeah, which is pretty crazy to think, like how much they were able to get into these certain spots and yeah. film in these crazy spots, which is pretty cool. Um, the later uh, they go to, uh, he goes to that. Uh, I think it's like he has to find this guy, Max Kelber, uh, who had, I guess, had the microfilm, originally sold the microfilm. Um, and, you know, this is where you get the classic tuxedo. Mm-hmm. Though it's 70s, so like Bond has like the giant collar. Oh my God. It's like crazy how big those collars were back then. Yeah. <laughs> um, you don't need to pop those. No. And you get, I, you get some great moments here between him and Anya where it's like she kind of dresses him down as like, I know everything about you. I know your file. Yeah. You know, I know she liked to drink. And then he brings up, uh, she brings up his dead wife. Yes. And, and he was like, like, let's not talk about everything. Yeah. <laughs> Which is interesting. A nice continuation from previous movies. Yes. Um, which is cool. Um, and again, like another Jaws. <laughs> so when Jaws kills Max Kelber, um, he, he, he like does it. He first goes into the phone booth with, with him which I thought was an interesting move um, to give some privacy to his murder, um, which is really funny. And then I love how Bond, when he find, when he discovers it and then he sees the window and he like is going to go out, he takes the out of order sign and then puts it on the guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I guess that's a gag, but it's like a gag for nobody. <laughs> <laughs> a gag for no one. <laughs> you know, Um any thoughts on this scene before we go to the ruins, the other ruins? No, I think I think basically everything that happens when they first interact is not as interesting as when they get to the ruins. Because the ruins is, I mean, just the lighting and everything with the ruins was choice. And the pillars. I think, like, dude, being this cool, like, it makes it all film really cool where it's just, like, you're constantly moving. And, like, the way the camera work does, Jaws is able to somehow get on the ground floor all the way up to the... The highest point. I'm like, I don't know what his plan is. I guess he's just gonna try to drop something on them. But I think that was all really cool. Um, and Bond punches him in the mouth and right his, almost breaks his hand. <laughs> what the hell is his teeth made of? 
I don't know. It's like, but as Bonte, like he knows a good welder, I guess. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, I think in this whole scene here where um, they grab the microfilm from Jaws or they get it from Jaws and like she escapes with it into the car, but Bond has the keys and like I, this whole moment was great with them. Bond or uh, Jaws basically destroying the car as they're trying to start it. Though Bond is like not helping at all. No, he is just making the crack and sexist jokes and just having a good time as if like they're not in danger. <laughs> yeah. And she's just like, uh, can you help at least? But yeah, yeah it, was, it was, I was like, she's like, no, by good. all means, you be in charge. It's fine. We'll just die. <laughs> like, it's such an asshole sometimes. Yeah. Big but, time. But the part where it's like, yeah, it's like she like bumps into the, she like drives forward to get away from Josh for a second. He's like, lady drivers. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, is this really the time, Bond? <laughs> it's, it's, oh, it's always the time for old James Bond. Yeah, um, you get the random. They do this a few times, and this, I guess, is the start of it in this movie. But um, after they get away from Jaws, and then the van breaks down in the desert, you get the Lawrence of Arabia theme. I guess they license, they wanted to license it for some reason. Well, <laughs> because they're in Egypt. Yeah, you know, so why not? You sure. know, that's 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 what that is. Yeah. They're like, oh, people love that theme. Oh, we'll do a throwback. Cool, let's do it. All right, great. Yeah. Um, and then Anya gets the better of James, though, because when he tries to pull the move on her in the boat, he or she gasses him basically with a special cigarette. Yeah, cool. I feel like James mostly goes down from women like women are always able to undermine him. I think they're the one people that are able to trick him into doing something stupid and then. Yeah. Him. Yeah. But he's often gets back at him by usually they die at his yeah, hands sure. as well. So uh, it's a it's a back and forth situation. Um, what happens after? Oh, yeah. Then they go. Oh, I, now we got to talk about uh, the entire move. The MI6 to Egypt scene. <laughs> yeah. Q branch gets, you know, they go inside of old ruins and put track lighting in and like set up operations which by the way again q once again like i don't know what it was like maybe it was like the i feel like the gadgets and tricks of q and mi6 like their tech is so synonymous with bond but it's really like such a side note of everything pre-brosnan it seems um in a, in yes a way no this one does a little thing of there's no definitive Q scene yeah. in the sense that there's no like him explaining object. Like anytime he actually, the only time he actually does give him a gadget, which is the Lotus, the car, yeah. like if he's explaining it off screen while Anya's kind of like, it's from Anya's POV, like stepped away. So like, and then this whole scene, he's not really actually explaining anything. He's just there to operate the projector and, uh, and randomly, I think like what, what, he also does in the beginning during the they're explaining with all the other military people. He like does like a random like, oh, they can track it by heat signature. Right. <laughs> like so he's there for the random like sciencey stuff whenever. they. Yeah, I, I guess that's true. I just always think of like a lot of the Q stuff, at least more modern. I like the whole like Chekhov's gun approach of here's a gadget. This is going to come up and it's going to be pivotal. Like, remember this moment. Remember this thing that he has yeah, because he doesn't you know really later. have that in this one. No. I feel like a lot of the older Bonds don't really have that. 
like sometimes she's like, oh, I have a thing. Let me try and see. Okay, that worked. But like, yeah, I think it depends. I think again, it, like it, it depends on if in the beginning when they're giving him the mission. Yeah. If he's also given a gadget or two that yeah. usually will come into play. That's true. I I actually feel like weirdly Q shows up more often in these movies later in the movie as opposed to like at the start of his missions. Yeah. And then this one, I think particularly, like even though he is in the beginning, yeah. he doesn't give anything. I and I guess he sent him the jet ski at the end. That's <laughs> oh, the jet ski was sweet. <laughs> you know, it worked. Yeah. Like, he sends it in a nice package to on that submarine. Okay, How do you deliver it to cool. a submarine again? I don't know. What's the mailing address? Or you just airdrop it. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, they, it's you know we 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 see this trend in Moonraker and every other thing where it's let's pack up and move MI6 to another location and let's do like work for work abroad yeah everything because even money pennies there and then that's where we get the sense that the russians and the british are working together and to help you know do this together and that's when bond and anya are paired up to work together um and so uh, i like to think that they just have these things in every country like they're just pre-built they've got like hidden paths everywhere it seems as but are they always in operation are they like vacant until like they were like oh it seems like our mission is taking us to Egypt. Let's move everybody there for the meantime. So Bond, so we can be closer to Bond. Yeah, basically. Because <laughs> that's what it seems like. And so when after this mission is over, the Egypt station is completely vacant. Or like there's like one guy right. working. Yeah. You know, the janitor is still there to clean it up. Um, in the microfilm scene, uh, I love how Q is like, and Bond's like, what is that symbol on the side? He's like, Oh, I don't know. It's just some random thing. And then he's like, it looks like a bishop's mitre. <laughs> and then and then I just like, no, it's a fish. And that's how they introduce the, the whole thing with Stromberg. And again, Q is like, Stromberg? But he's one of the wealthiest men in the world. <laughs> As if that. And then Anya actually has that great line where she's like, and like basically something along the like, yeah, he's the richest and he is the most benefit from like basically corruption. Like Right. He, you know, she kind of said like the communist jab of like this capitalist pig is probably, you know, behind it because he, you know, he's greedy. So Yeah. Well, that's because, you know, he's in he's in the one percent, John. Yeah, literally, like by the end, it seems like it's just him on Atlantis. Yeah. <laughs> him and Jaws or like, and his sharks. Yeah. Like uh, that was the one thing about Stromberg's plan. I was like, I'm like, OK, like I get it like restart life under the sea but where are the people wait i get it restart life under the sea that's also crazy oh but like in a bond villain mindset yes sure that's crazy but it makes sense to him like i'm gonna start nuclear war you know the earth will be decimated my colony under the sea will survive as long as it takes for radiation to you know yeah you know the fallout to go away which will maybe be thousands of years but like we'll survive <laughs> you know but he just had no people in there no people so i don't know exactly what his plan was um anyways uh he's a lunatic which is why he's great like yeah, he, he, it's the craziest it's one of the absolute craziest things people did you come see up with. That, did you notice that like he has webbed hands uh no that's because when the, that's when he's like, don't shake his hand. Oh, and that's why he's like, so like, like just weird. Because if you saw, if you go back and watch his like thumb, 
just saying there's like they added how extra prominent rust. did they make that obvious i didn't notice it no it's like it must have been something they like wanted Maybe to they do cut. and they just didn't look really mm-hmm. great so they just kind of didn't really show it but he has webbed hands so he's weird. like a fish person weird <laughs> i kind of like it yeah it's yeah and it's in line with the you know like villain usually has some sort of weird deformity or sure. injury that like yeah makes... james bond loves its ableism yeah unfortunately <laughs> um <laughs> cancel uh but i was gonna say um yeah i think with stromberg you know he he's got yeah i think i think it, what i like about him is that they don't he's not in it a lot and which makes it better than uh, Hugo Drax, which I feel like Hugo Drax was in the movie a lot, but he's so dry and so boring that you're like, yeah. I don't really care that much that he's in it this much. Whereas this one, I think they balance it just right, where it's like he's in it just enough. And yeah, I almost to... think it would have worked better if they just had Stromberg come back instead of Drax. Yeah, or something, or yeah, like and and all these guys are very much Blofeld. Yeah, you know, kind of alternates <laughs> in some ways. Rich so. white guys with a god complex. Yes, that's that want to re- restart the world with yeah. Like, sexy that's basically people. what they want. Yeah. Um. So then we go to Sardinia, which is the island of uh, off of Italy, mm-hmm. big island. Um. But uh, weirdly enough, they take a train to it. <laughs> I uh, like. I was thinking about that. I was like, so Bond and Anya go right are on a train car because i guess you have to be in a train car if you're in a bond movie but i'm like but they're going to an island how do they get there huh i'm I guessing they i guess they took the train from cairo to like tripoli or like and then took a boat from there yeah and then they jaws was hiding in anya's closet for like a crate like for the most <laughs> that shot when she opens it and it's like him just looking down he's like <laughs> yeah i mean i loved the fight scene on the train it's great. I, I think train cars are cool. So Richard Keel, I think, is actually really for being a big lumbering guy, he's actually like did a like all the stunt work and I think he did it really well. Yeah. Like his hands are huge. Yeah. It's just like when he has it around like Roger Moore's neck, it's like his hand is as big as his head. Which is again when I'm like, why are you trying to bite him? Just kill him. Just choke him out. Yeah. What are you doing? If you're worried that, like, you won't have your signature bite, choke them out, then do your bite. Like, villains are never going to win because they're all, like, wrapped up and, like... Doing their thing. Yeah. They got the, too many style points. You know? Yeah, it's like with Two-Face. You know how he has to flip his coin and before he Stop kills somebody? Stop flipping the coin. Yeah, Batman's just going to throw a bunch of quarters at you. Like, if you're the Riddler, you've got Batman trapped. You can yeah. hit the button. You're going to take him out. And he's like, but first a riddle. Yeah, but that's what crazy people do. They have to... <sighs> They have to do their thing, and then the hero exploits that. Um, but yeah, so hubris, hubris, hubris. So Dinya is beautiful. I thought I want to go there. Have you been <laughs> okay. there? Have you been there? Is Where? Sardinia. No. Okay, I just I don't know. I just say it looked beautiful in here on the on the movie. I haven't left the continental United States other than Hawaii. I've not traveled abroad. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a dual citizen, John. I'm not a man of the world. Think, well, pre whatever we're going through at this moment, who knows if you're listening to it now, um, you know, th- being a duel had nothing to do with it. A duel? <laughs> being a duely. But I would love to go here. I would love to go to Sardinia. Yeah, sure. I have no idea anything about it. I absolutely know nothing about Sardinia. 
It just looks like a like shallow island with lots of rocks and like beautiful water. Yeah. But um Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, Bond and Anya check in as a married couple. Um mm. and I guess Bond asks for an audience with Stromberg under the guise of being a marine biologist. Mr. I think it was like Richard, like uh, I don't know, I forget is that this is the first time he actually changes his first name mm. to like to hide his identity, which is interesting. But the girl Richard that comes Bond. Yeah, Richard Bond. <laughs> James Stock. <laughs> um, but I like the girl that comes and picks up them up, uh, Naomi. She's like clearly dubbed with like a woman with a much deeper accent. And mm-hmm. it's just like, oh, I'm here to pick you up. <laughs> yeah, there's some. For Mr. Stromberg. There was some bad ADR in this movie. Yeah. Um, but the. Oh, yeah. So the Bond Stromberg scene. I love how Stromberg's like. So you're a marine bio- biologist. What's that fish over there? And then Bond's like computer brains, like uh, 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 and then he like just spouts out all the knowledge about the tiger fish, whatever it's called, yeah, the zebra turkey fish, depending on Animal Crossing. I think if I remember, yeah. <laughs> he's like, ah, oh, yes, you passed. You passed. <laughs> you passed the test. Uh, I, lo- I love uh, Stromberg's little lounge aquarium lounge here, dude. Sweet. Pretty Everything, cool. like all of the sets were, this is some of the best sets in all the Bond movies. Yeah. Yeah. It just needed more people in it. There's just nobody in it. Yeah. Just, just need more, more and more people. Yeah. But um, yeah. And then basically by the end of it, Stromberg's like, yeah, I know who this person is. It's Bond. Uh, kill him when they go to shore instead of killing him here. But, uh, you know, got to move the plot along. Yeah, which I guess it, it, that makes more sense for him if he's this well-known socialite, like rich guy, because he can't be attached to the death of Bond, because then people will investigate him. Yeah, I think it's the same as why he blew up that helicopter. Right. You know, it's like, oh, I gotta don't kill anybody on in in your home. Kill him outside your house. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. You know, so that makes sense. If but, you gotta um, kill someone. Don't do it in your house. I thought this car chase was pretty cool with the Lotus. Um, Gadgets were cool on it when it turns into a boat car or a submarine car is cool. Though um, Anya's like reaction at first, she like is like shocked that they are diving into the water. But then later she's like, oh, I read the schematics on this boat years ago, whatever. And it's like, well, then why were you, why were you shocked? <laughs> Shouldn't you know? But um, I'm just like, they kills- didn't think it was real. Yeah, that's true. Because they couldn't recreate it themselves. <laughs> Out of their communism parts. Damn right. America, Cold War, baby. Um, I like how he just kills Naomi with the end of the helicopter. Just like instead of just going away, like he could have just slipped away, like with the submarine car. He's like, nah, I'm just gonna blow this woman up with a missile. <laughs> you know, he just had to, just had to take her out for some reason. Yeah, this, uh, this whole like bond when he essentially when the you know when they get to sub soon and yeah. He, it's with the Navy. Um, kind of weird because yeah. I couldn't tell like what his role on the ship was. Like it almost seemed like some people were like annoyed with his presence. Like some of the people. Well, cause it's the Americans. Yeah. Um, but so before we, we dive into the, the whole final act here, final thing here with the summaries and stuff, which um, is really like the whole third act. Yeah. 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 But, <laughs> which like is great. 50%. It's like the best part of the movie. It's great. But, yeah. um, uh, I just want to point out that actually like they, they try to do some heavy stuff here where 
uh, Anya finds out that Bond killed her lover. And right, like, I'm right. Like, which, was, I'm like, which came up at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm like, oh, this is actually like pretty heavy stuff, like a pretty good yeah. emotional dynamic. Yeah. And like, and Bond is like, what I like about Bond is just like blunt. And he's like, yeah, it's like part of my job. I had to defend myself. Like, you know, this is like the business we're in. And she's like, well, when this is over, I'm going to kill you. And then like the next scene when they're being lowered down the and into the, the submarine, he's like just like smiling at her. Like, yeah. like weirdly. <laughs> Well, I also like he says to her, she was like, I've never failed a mission. He was like, well, either have I. So one of us is going to be disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, ooh, okay, here we go. He should have just let her, he should have just let her die. No, but then he he didn't and it ended up saving his butt at the end too, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, that's but, true. Um, <laughs> yeah, he probably, you know, in theory, you would have probably have let her die. But he, I think he fell a little bit, in, he was a little bit smitten with triple X. Yeah, and didn't want her to didn't want to die. Some might say that the spy who loved me is actually her saying James Bond is the spy who loved me, not James yes. saying Triple X. Yes. <laughs> um, I speaking back to outfits. This is my favorite outfit of the whole movie. His like military. He's got like the military jacket of the navy yeah. jacket, but then he's got the dark navy blue turtleneck. Yes, and it is like the perfect like. I'm an action hero and I'm also like a military commander type of thing. And I love it. And yeah, I want to, I, mean, I want this outfit and I want to wear it. It looks cool. It doesn't look like something I want like on a stealth mission, but well, you can easily just like take off the jacket and then you're just kind of gotten like a cool tactical turtleneck. Yeah, that's but, true. You know, so what I like that it was he a nice it turtleneck. Yeah, it's a great turtleneck. I love when Bond wears a turtleneck, um, but <laughs> the Americans. Um, so the captain I was like trying to recognize where do I recognize this guy's voice from? Yeah. You know? And like Shane Rimmer is the, is the actor's name. And he did a bunch of like random things like the Thunderbirds and stuff. But like, do you remember Batman Beyond? Or not Batman Beyond. Uh, Batman Begins. Yeah. You know, like the water pipes at the end. And they're blowing mm-hmm. up. He's the guy, like the old man that's in like the control tower. And he's like, those pipes are going to blow. No way. <laughs> I was like, I was, that's why I was like, where do I recognize this guy's voice from? And that's why I was like, that's, you know, good old Shane. Anyways, my random my random thing. Um, but that whole scene where she's like, "I need to take a shower." He's like, "You can use my office." Wow. <laughs> Probably the worst moment of the movie, I think. Unless you're like a 13 year old kid. I know they want to like, throw out that. Yeah, they you know they had to had to do it, but it's. I I was okay. like, "What is happening when this happened?" I was just like, <laughs> "The, the, the line in. is great." He's like, "What's the matter?" It's like, you "Ever seen a major shower before?" <laughs> Which also, by the way, like. Why would he leave that door open? Wouldn't he be like, okay, cool. Like, you yeah. go clean up Will. Uh, I'll make sure no one comes in here. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Why was he in there? Why was he in there <laughs> just standing outside and, like, the curtain is just a little bit cracked open? Yeah. Like, it was weird, like, man. It's a, it's a, they wanted to say that joke about, like, have you ever seen um, you know, the major naked before? Sure. Like, as in a man. Um, and they wanted to do that joke. And so they think they retroactively created this scene for it. And sure. Just, it feels forced and it feels weird. Yeah. And then in the next scene when she's out there, you know, they're up by the periscope. The guy looks like weird. <laughs> he looks uncomfortable. It's like the, the first time. time he's seen a woman yeah. naked. And he's just like, he's like, I've been out at sea for seven years. <laughs> well, they set it up too in, but it's the British sub in the beginning in the, in the opening scene. When you're like going through the submarine, you see a, a bunch of naked ladies on the wall, like yeah. pinups. And so maybe it's just like they're, they, they're setting up this idea that like 
men on subs are like women crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and if you throw one in there, they're gonna they're gonna go wild. But um like I yeah, so this is yeah, so this is a great this whole thing, this whole next part part is awesome where submarine gets taken by this giant uh you know, like a shipping cruiser thing. They all get taken prisoner. Um, you know, they get captured, which I think is all really cool. Anya gets taken um, because I guess Stromberg needs a woman on Atlantis. Yeah. <laughs> Again, like, I did not seem like he thought out what he was doing post-nuclear <laughs> annihilation. In, he did this. But um, the screen, it was rumored that this whole, this sequence, this, like, giant hanger was lit by stanley kubrick really yeah that like him and the production designer were like good friends and while he was working on i forget like what movie at the time like he like stanley kubrick didn't want to be like credited or do anything he just wanted but he wanted to help out his friends so he came in like on certain days and like helped out with the lighting i mean it looks great so i would believe it yeah so um yeah it's like this whole this whole scene i think is just pretty cool i love a good like Let's get a, like hundreds of people on one side versus hundreds of people on the other side. Everyone's just shooting at each other. And, and then you add in the fact that it's a big water tank. So all these guys are like, oh, I'm getting shot. And then they fall into the yeah. water. Which is <laughs> now, but before that happens, though, the scene where he makes them get out of the sub. Oh, yeah. Um, he, I actually, and this is like a this would never happen thing. So I don't really have a problem with it. But part of me was like, you know. In a situation where you have the bad guy, you have everyone in one spot, you got nuclear weapons from subs that's going to end the world, I feel like the military would be like, if you guys are compromised, you detonate your nuke on board and it ends everything. Like, would that not be a military order? They'd be like, if you are compromised, you self-detonate. Because that would take out both subs. Like, it felt so weird that they would just hand over for their lives. Wouldn't the military be like, no, we put our lives on the line to protect everyone else. We wouldn't just get out and give you the keys to nuclear hell. Yeah. Could you? I thought that was that, weird. Though? Could you, could you like, la- could you detonate your nuke from within your sub? Probably. Do, they have the ability- do that? Okay. I don't know. I think it's one of those things where, like. Or even just launch their nuke from within their sub right at themselves. Like, <laughs> boom. Yeah. Shoot it up, bring it back down. I think that's it a just, little too much logic being in, injected yeah, in here. Yeah, of course it is. But I was just like, gosh, it just doesn't feel like the military would ever just hand themselves over. <laughs> it just it just seems crazy. Yeah. Like, or also, I, it's airtight. It's an airtight sub. Also, right? Like, or if, so how are they getting the gas want, in there? If you want to go, if you want to go, well, they could they could cut open. They could probably try to cut open the, the side and like stick a sure. hose in there. <laughs> You know, but actually, no, if, if if there was more logical, if you want to talk about logic, Stromberg should just gas them. Like, why does he need to keep all these like soldiers alive? Right. They're already basically reported missing and right. assumed dead. So that makes more sense as a question versus why don't they <laughs> detonate their own nukes? Well, just because why would the military ever just like, be like, here's the keys to your, our nuclear sub? It's 1977. It's a different world. People are more peace, love and happiness then. I don't know. Uh, though yeah before like after that happens and they all come out um you know anya has to cover her head and then the one guy like slaps her head off like her hat off and she like punches him uh, i thought that was great she's like i'm gonna blow my cover just for because this guy disrespected me in my hat so um but yeah uh like i said the big finale showdown 
I uh, again also on a logistic standpoint, why didn't uh Stromberg just move his entire like operations as far as control room to Atlantis where they had a control room there? Like why did he keep it on the ship where he's keeping also all the like the army of prisoners <laughs> who could take over? Cuz he's an idiot. He didn't seem to think he had a good idea as far as from a villain's rank plant of set off some nukes from sure. each other's things and then cause World War th- you know, three and nuclear destruction. But I don't think he thought all the way through exactly how to do it because he leaves the ship with Anya and like Jaws basically on his little speedboat and then leaves that guy, that other commander guy to like do everything, you know? So and I felt like maybe like you would want to be more closely to the action and kind of figure that out but i don't know that's just me yeah i mean ultimately everything about his decision like they have that you know the room itself is sealed off with that like super thick you know shield wall yeah and yet they keep the weapons accessible to i love when they find the armory and all the guys are just like "Ah, i got the weapons (laughs) yeah it's so great. And then like it like turns into grenade fest and Well, I liked great. that because actually so many so many action scenes today are like so tactical and like everyone and it's like that's actually like not what it's probably like. It's probably way more like this. It's probably yeah, like, it's like messy. a riot, like a prison riot, basically. Yeah, like people are accidentally shooting people on their own side and like you just run out of like the guy's like trying to load his ammo and like like uh and everyone's Or the one guy like, like has a grenade and he gets like kind of shot and so he's like holding the grenade and bond like Steps and he lets go of the grenade. He's got to kick it into the water. Yeah, you know? it's like stuff like that. It's, cool. it's definitely way more like that. Uh, yeah, I liked yeah. the one um, Navy guy who's like, "Me and my team will do it. Yeah. We've got this." <laughs> and he just gets mowed down. This, like a super young guy, flamethrower comes out of nowhere. <laughs> and I love because I give him kind of like a heroic like theme and then also like he gets like the camera pan up with him up the stairs and you're like he's gonna do it and then no it just gets destroyed wiped out which is it's good because then it like i what i like about that is that it makes it it shows the stakes then james bond can see and then work a way around it as opposed to him constantly like always just foiling everything right up front you know it's like you you at least like sees like he has to work something out which is good. Yeah. You know, um, which I enjoy. Which I, li- I like this whole uh, remove the detonator thing from the nuke to use that to blow up the wall. I love the when he has to ride this little camera ball thing and the theme's playing and he's like sliding over and he's got to get back and it's not going. It's not going. <laughs> he's got to like jam it. To, like, it's like, dude, there's like water below you. Just drop. Yeah. I mean, yeah. He should have he dropped in the water, but you can't ruin that hair. So, wow. You know. Hair's gotta stay good. Face might be ruined. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, then then they try and you know stop. I, I again again, I don't know why that the other submarines were going to take random last second new coordinates to fire their missiles. Sure. <laughs> so you think they would have this all planned out to be like, okay, this is where you're gonna fire before you go out. Yeah. <laughs> but he is able to trick them into firing at each other and destroy each other. But then again, Stromberg always likes to tell people one thing and then at the last second do something That's else. That's true. So, so maybe they, they never had that know built what... into their... <laughs> yeah. They're like, ah, I knew it. This wasn't the real coordinate. Here we go. <laughs> it's a real Stromberg move. He thinks like, 
all right we're gonna blow over and actually it is wild also to think that two in this in in the bond universe two nuclear missiles have detonated that's true in in the atlantic ocean and i wonder if there's any obviously not but um it would have been cool to see like the ramifications of that somehow yeah also how about like shouldn't bond have like terrible radiation poisoning from oh yeah from being around like an exposed like nuclear missile yeah, like sticking his hand into it like by the way they're also like we have to remove the shielding and like the guys just got like two phillips head screwdrivers <laughs> like this wouldn't have like super specialized massive ratchets keeping it closed it's just two phillips head screwdrivers that they got really long ones so it looks like they're big but the head it's still just like a standard phillips head screwdriver they're like this could take hours yeah this isn't the first like we'll get when we get to octopus he has to disarm also a nuke in that one as well um but oh he's done it in, in many i mean yeah, what's yeah. the one in uh goldfinger he has to try to disarm it there pierce brosnan does one in the nuke sub yep that's true this is there yeah just, just quite a bit you know he knows his way around like nukes and missiles. absolutely it's gotta be better um Good thing he didn't have a shaky hand or anything like that because he had to pull that, that thing out. And I love how like it's like kind of make a yeah, like an operation, you know, like the game. And like uh and so the other guys are just like sweating it out, like, come on, do it. Yeah. Can someone help him stabilize it or something? Well, like, I don't know what you're supposed to do. Like Yeah, I don't know. I guess it's they just have to lot get like they have to give him good energy. Um, <laughs> but uh, giving you our thoughts and prayers, Bond. Yeah. Um, so then, yeah, he decides to, he's going to go save Anya because after they, the, the submarine escapes and they, the tanker blows up, they're like, okay, we have orders to destroy Atlantis, which is, I think visually actually pretty cool, a pretty cool space, like substation thing. Um, I think the miniature work is great in this movie, both the tanker, the Atlantis station, all that stuff is like, it looks pretty cool. And they're able to blend, I think it looks a little wonky. But some of the, when they are approaching Atlantis, they do pass it off pretty well as like a, yeah. a, a no, small scale model as a large thing. No, I thought it looked phenomenal. I thought all of the sets and stuff looked great. Yeah. So I thought like when he's riding in on that jet ski and it's like, you, you it's like the shot of like kind of a wide shot of it pulling into the leg. I'm like, yeah, it's like they kind of, they, they did blend in this like miniature really well, uh, which I thought was great. Um, and then I love it when he he gets in, and then Stromberg's like, "Well, Mister Bond, I've been expecting you." And I'm like, "You have not been expecting him. You just are like, okay, like I'm ready for you. Like if you were expecting him, you'd be like, no, my plan, you know, fucking failed. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> you should have been more angry. But um, yeah, yeah, he thinks he's gonna get him with his trick elevator that he got secretary with. But nope, Bond has good feet and is able to hold the sides of the thing um which is good it reminded me of that one japanese like game show where like people would fall through an elevator oh my god i love that yeah you see they do like the slow-mo of their like faces there's also a really good game show called russian roulette that was on tv for a little while it was awesome it was like uh six players like on the field well six players were on the field and they had like a circle below them and if they got the question wrong, oh, they'd, they'd have to pull a lever. And like the first person that does it, there's like one light and you see the light go around, go around. And whoever it stops, if it stops on you, it'll open. If it doesn't okay. stop on you, it doesn't open. But then like every time, then the next person gets to go and it like gets higher and higher every time oh, too. And then you just see them like just drop. <laughs> it was great. 
or like you know we i've been watching the floor is lava yeah and they, and they cut it so that when people drop in they you just don't see it's them anymore. so good the way it's cut is what makes that show amazing uh anyways so yeah so he survives the death elevator first then he decides to sit across stromberg's long Why ass just table. shoot him well he does but he's like sit he's like okay i'll do it again but what is Stromberg's like? He just has the one gun. It's like a long musket. Honestly, I thought it was possible he had a second trap door under the chair. Yeah, no, he just has a long tube gun. It was uh, it was like a spear gun. Or like a missile because it blew yeah. up the whole thing. But it's like, it's a slower than a bullet. So might as yeah. well just have like a gun under the table and just shoot. But um, But then Bond like basically reverses it against him and probably shoots him like in the dick, which is... Kind of not a great way. And then he like brutally just is like, I'm going to shoot you probably three or four times just in the, like the stomach. And you're like, wow, what a, it's probably the yeah. most like brutal way he's like probably killed a villain in a long time. Good. Uh, other than because even like with Hugo Drax, he like shot him in the heart with a poison dart and then pushed him out into space, <laughs> which is like brutal. But like, I would say this is the most like just like almost just blunt way to kill somebody. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was great. And then you got the showdown with Jaws, which is cool, except for I don't know why there's a magnet crane in the shark <laughs> tank thing. Um, seems like a reverse engineer to stop Jaws in his middle teeth. But uh, it was cool. I think visually it was kind of cool. Him being like it was awesome. dangling from his teeth, from his mouth. It was awesome. And then drops him into with the sharks. And you think like, oh, Jaws is going to get him out of the sharks. Like, nope. And he's like, Jaws is like, I'm going to eat the sharks. Yeah, this is where he gets his name from. Yeah. Yeah, which... You know, I pointed this out to you, and you're like, oh, it makes sense. Like, oh, it makes sense that a guy named Jaws would work for, like, the fish guy. Yeah. <laughs> I just didn't think about it at all. Because I'd known the name Jaws since I played Goldeneye, you know? Yeah. Since I was, like, 11. You're like, oh, wait, there's a reason why he was, like, created in this world. It's like, that's what yeah. it is. So. Um, yeah, and then he saves Anya, who uh, it was forced to dress up in a little number and tied to a weird lounger thing. Um Season, I think the whole stuff with like Atlanta sinking uh, is cool and, and them getting into the escape pod is great. Uh, then we get the last kind of moment here where, uh, you know, the mission's over and she grabs his gun as he's looking for some champagne in this uh, submarine thing or this like thing. And she's like, yeah, now it's over time to kill you. And then <laughs> I love I love his Bond's face when he realizes what's going on. At first, he's like all smug. and He's like, oh, wait. Oh, shit. It's like, you're serious. And then his champagne bottle pops and she laughs yeah. and she's like, oh, you. <laughs> and then he asks for a last request. Yeah. And then it's like, make love to me. And she's like, Amazing. okay, fine. But I think, like you said, maybe she realizes, she realized, oh, you, you came back to save me. You didn't have to. Which, by the way, we didn't comment on her new outfit. Well, I was saying it's, it's, <laughs> it's just like, you know, whatever. <laughs> it's, it's know. James Bond. Yeah, it's James Bond. Yeah. But it's really Stromberg. Stromberg put her in that. Oh, you're right. You know, because he, wa he wanted a woman to be with him Yeah. <laughs> during this time. Well, so someone's got to repopulate Atlantis. To make weird little webbed-fingered people. Ugh. You know, webbed-hand webbed people. Um, then we get the running joke we see in all these Roger Moore movies where the pod gets saved. You have all the British leadership there, and they're like, Bond, what are you doing? Because they, you know, are naked in this pod together. And then Bond has the great... This one works because I, I, he's, like, keeping the British end up, sir. Yeah, I liked this one also because 
the Russian guys were there, and he was just like, yeah. Triple X. 007, Triple X. What are you doing, Bond? Oh, my yeah. God. I thought that was good. I liked that. Yeah. And then, <laughs> except so weird that, like, it ends on a joke with Bond saying, keeping the British end up, and then it cuts to a, like, all, like, male chorus version of the song. It's like, nobody does it better. <laughs> <laughs> like like sailors on a ship and i'm like what a weird ending <laughs> so you know but and again marvin hamlish did chorus line so they had to he had to throw out that really yeah. i didn't know that so yeah he that makes sense so marvin hamlish is the only one of two people to win a pulitzer an emmy a grammy an oscar and a tony only two people have ever done it an egot a pigot they call a it a pigot because the pulitzer oh. are in there too i think 15 yeah, people have like, done egot and then only two have done P got. Wow. So. No one's done. I guess if you can add Nobel Prize in there somehow. Yeah. No one's done that. So. A pingot. A pingot. <laughs> Pengot. <laughs> or a ping. A pigot. A nepgot. 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 Anyways. Uh, so, uh, yeah. The Spy Love Me. Great. Great movie. I would say, like, if you... If I had to put five movies in a time capsule, Bond movies, this would definitely be one of them. Big time. Yeah. So, especially like for, Ro- I think this is the best of the Roger Moore era. If you want to be like, okay, you know, I think for me, I love Live and Let Die, but it's so like niche and so just of its sure. own thing. But this is very much Roger Moore in a classic formula like Connery and other yeah. things that like, I think a lot of people reuse and re- redo. And I would love to see a remake of this movie. Me too. Big time. Did it elements. I would, I would actually like to see them do this and Moonraker as like a two-parter um, with you just like obviously changing and updating things. And I think you just use the same villain for both. Yeah. You know, you have him get away and then he comes back and he, with his new plan in Moonraker. Yeah. And then. <laughs> Cause it just, it would just work easier. Like if Jaws is in both, like you just have him come, like he's like, okay, forget it. Like what's, what's the, What's the opposite of sp- of of the sea space? Which okay, is interesting gonna, to me that we're they going to space now because you know we done we done Moonraker. It was our third movie we did. Yeah, and you'd think like that should have came first. Like they could have just done the Moonraker plot. Yeah, for this movie, the Spy Who Loved Me. Yeah, in some ways, like just instead of Stromberg, it's Hugo Drax and hundred um, percent. But you know, for whatever reason, I guess they just wanted want to do it that way, and I think it works fine. But you know, yeah. Um, you know, so next episode, we are continuing the kind of uh, Spectre Blofeld trilogy of things, and we're going to the On Her Majesty's Secret Service. And how is this one thought of as, as a film? It's a little bit of a black sheep in the sense mm. that it's George Lazenby. So it's... Oh, okay. It's considered... It's kind of the forgotten one, but it actually is one of my favorites and actually is pretty good. Just from okay. a story content standpoint. I'm excited to see a different Bond. Yeah. it's He's in, he's stiff as wood and kind of boring. Great. Because he's kind of a male model Great. type of thing. But um, I think it's got a lot of cool elements. And it's got Diana Rigg, who is Lady Tyrell. Oh, okay. As, a, as a Tracy Bond, which is great. Great. So. Where, where are we as far as books are concerned? We're getting near the end of the Fleming books. So after On Your Majesty's Service, then it's You Only Live Twice. And then basically the last two that Fleming finished were The Man with the Golden Gun and Octopussy and The Living okay. Daylights. So. Awesome. Yeah. Well, so, that yeah. is exciting. 
Thank you, everyone, for listening, and we will see you on the next mission. 